Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really thrilled to introduce Tim Clark for part three of our three-part conversation about psychological safety and the impact of psychological safety on bravery in the workplace. Tim is the founder and CEO of Leader Factor, a training, consulting, coaching, and assessment organization that focuses on leadership development, organizational change, strategic agility, psychological safety, and emotional intelligence. He is the developer of the EQometer assessment and the four stages of psychological safety training program. Tim earned a doctorate in social science from Oxford University, is a former two-time CEO and first-team academic All-American football player at BYU. Tim is the author of five books and more than 130 articles on various aspects of leadership and performance. His newest book is The Four Stages of Psychological Safety, which was recently released by Barrett Kohler. Let's rejoin our conversation with Tim as we hear more about the four stages of psychological safety and the role they play in bravery at work. So in your book, Tim, you have a model that you use where you talk about each of the four levels of, uh, excuse me, stages of psychological safety, inclusion safety, learner safety, contributor safety, and challenger safety. And the model you use is applying respect and permission. And so I love that word permission because I don't think we give ourselves enough permission to be a certain way. And so, for example, with inclusion safety, you talk about your definition of respect for inclusion safety and your definition of permission. Could you tell us a little bit about that for inclusion safety, for example? Right. So as you said, psychological safety overall is a function of those two dimensions, respect and permission. And so for each of the four stages, there's a different social exchange. So if the individual goes into a social situation, a social unit, uh, an organization, a social collective of any kind, for stage one, the social exchange is that I I have to offer two things. Number one, I have to be human. So I'm a member of the human race, human species rather. And number two, I don't present others with harm. So if I'm human and harmless, then they they actually are obligated to include me. And that's the social exchange. It's inclusion 
in exchange for being human and harmless. And what, what we find is that for stage one inclusion safety, that is a moral foundation. It's a moral imperative. You can't, there's no way to justify exclusion if a person offers, it, they, they are human, flesh and blood, and they don't present you with harm. There's no basis on which you can justify excluding them. So that's the social exchange. And then the social exchange changes with the other stages. So from my perspective, the areas of the four stages that I think, and I could be wrong, but I think most bravery needs to exist in are learner safety and challenger safety. So in learner safety, you talk about disconnecting fear from mistakes and failure. Uh, just to help our listeners, can you talk a little bit about that topic? Sure. So I, one of the case studies that I give in the book is about a gentleman, uh, Mr. Craig Smith, who is a calculus teacher and probably one of the, the best calculus teachers in the world. And I spent time studying him, observing him, observing his classroom, interviewing his students. And it was an incredible experience. So what this gentleman has been able to do, and by the way, he, uh, he, his uh, pass rates for the AP calculus test that's administered every year, at least here in the States, his pass rates are like four times the average. And he, ha he, teaches, he teaches seven periods of calculus with an average students, uh, class size of 30 students. What he does in the classroom, it's, it's really unlike any math class that I've ever seen, he's able to create a, an environment where he disconnects uh, failure and mistakes from fear. Now, those are often, often those go together. People just naturally, there's some fear that, that, that goes along with making mistakes and failing. But he's, he's been able to successfully take those apart and what he said to me is, he said, Tim, you know what? They don't natch, they don't necessarily go together, even though they often do. But we have to be able to separate those, disconnect those, and create a very different norm in the classroom so that the, the, the students are anxious and eager to, to put forth what we call learning risk, right? They're going to dive into problems. They're going to go headlong into trying to figure out how to do something, how to, how to do a, a, a math problem. And if they fail or if they make mistakes, it's no big deal. He said to me, and this is a quote, he said, failure is not the expect, it's not the exception, it's the expectation. We, we expect them to fail. The failures are the stepping stones to success. And so we need an environment where failure and making mistakes is completely normal, completely acceptable, and completely expected. Well, think about what that does to the confidence and the self-efficacy uh, of students. It's transformational. Yeah, I love that word, uh, expectations. Uh, in a lot of work that I do with clients, 
they don't expect certain things to happen that are bad. And so anytime something bad happens, it's a, you know, it throws them down into the valley of despair and they, and they get distracted, they get delayed. It does not have a positive impact on them. So we talk about what are some of the things that you can expect that are positive and what are some of the things that you can expect that won't be positive? Because if you expect them and you know that some of these not positive things might happen, they won't delay you. They won't throw you into the valley of despair. You keep moving forward. So I think that's a, you know, a great tool for our listeners to think about in respect to being brave at the workplace. If I do want to say something to my boss that I haven't said, or if I do want to say something in a meeting that I haven't said in the past, you know, what are the positive outcomes, but what might be some of the things I can expect that might have a negative impact so I can continue to move forward. That's right. And and then I would I would add one point to that, Ed, which is normally for most people, the greatest value that they can give, that they can contribute to the organization is also associated with the greatest risk in terms of, as you say, the, bra- the bravery that they have to show, that they have to demonstrate. So there's a direct correlation between risk and the value that they contribute. People need to understand that. And then hopefully it motivates them further to be brave because that's when they're going to be able to make the most difference. So in the learner safety stage, Tim, uh, any thoughts or ideas on how to say what it is that you need to say? So if you're at a meeting and you know, we're getting off the agenda once again, and we're not going to get through the things we need to talk about once again, right? So it's a repeated behavior. You know, are there any tips or strategies that you can share with our listeners on how to have a, you know, productive and meaningful, what I call interruption into what's happening? Well, as I said before, psychological safety means that others are giving you both respect and permission. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think that I think that as individuals, we need to we need to spend a lot of time building our own credibility and maintaining that credibility through uh, contribution, through our ability to add value. And hopefully we do that with humility and hopefully we do that with pure intent so that people don't look at us and say uh, there's you know, he or she is self-serving or egotistical uh, because if they, if they, if they doubt our intent, then we're in trouble. We, we have to be able to pass scrutiny in two areas. Number one, competence. We have to be competent. And number two, character, which goes back to what is your intent? Do people believe that you are acting out of integrity with a real desire to contribute? Or is there some ulterior motive? Are you being manipulative? So what I say is, you know what? You go worry about your competence and you go worry about your character. And if you focus on that, then chances are in terms of what we might call cultural permission rights, people are going to give you the highest level of permission rights to contribute, to uh, intervene, as you said, Ed, and say, say, look, hey, we're off track. 
um, don't you think we need to, you know, we need to stay on track here or you can, you, you basically you're, you're get, you've been given license by your colleagues to contribute at a higher level and, and even intervene and even challenge. And why is that? Well, beyond the, 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 the cultural dynamics, it just goes back to your competence and your character. Well, I love that model that you just shared, which I do believe is a model, which is to ensure that anytime that you're on a team, that you are working on a regular basis to build your credibility so folks know your goal and intent when you interrupt or say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done. And that that knowledge of where you're going and why you're saying it is through permission, right? That they expect it and hope for it, right? That it's not a surprise or it's not unusual, but due to the credibility that you've been building, they know what you're attempting to do is welcome, right? How about under challenger safety, Tim, the the model of respect and permission? Can you tell us a little bit about how respect and permission applies in the challenger safety stage? Right. I think the difference is, Ed, is that Leaders often become most sensitive when we get to this stage because what we're talking about is being able to challenge the status quo. What leaders often do is they take personally any perceived attack or challenge to the status quo because they feel that they represent the status quo. And that they've had a hand in creating the status quo. And so they've personalized it. And this is where we have a problem. Because they're not able to be dispassionate and objective and impartial about looking at the status quo, evaluating the current state, debating issues on their merits. They have a hard time doing that because they are invested in the status quo. They're interwoven, right? They can't, they can't take themselves out of it. And that becomes the problem. So when someone challenges the status quo, they take it personally, they get defensive, and then we have a problem. And then there's all kinds of social friction, which shuts down our intellectual friction, and then we can't get anywhere. And so this is where leadership humility comes into play and, and, and plays a very, very important part. This is where leaders have to disconnect themselves from the status quo. They need to manage their egos. They need to demonstrate superb emotional intelligence. And they need to give people the opportunity, and not only the opportunity, but they need to encourage that constructive dissent. And so this is really a, in many ways, being able to foster challenger safety is a a character capacity. So can you handle it, right? Can you handle people coming in and challenging the status quo? And you yourself may have been an important architect in that status quo. But if you can handle that, then you're going to be able to foster that challenger safety and your team's going to be able to do incredible things because you're not getting in the way. So, so literally what, what happens with challenger safety 
is that the leaders either lead the way or get in the way, but they're never neutral parties. In the chapter, you talk a little bit about which a topic which, of course, draw my attention called the stage of brave. So as it pertains to challenger safety, I'm not sure if you talked about that already, but you know, what, what does that piece of your thought process apply to? Well, I guess I'm just acknowledging what what you what you've said, Ed, and what uh, what really this podcast is about. I'm acknowledging the fact that when you get to challenger safety, it is about being brave, and we need uh, what I call intellectual bravery in order to have a merit based discussion on issues in order to solve real problems, in order to come up with real solutions. We need to be able to have that environment where we can collaborate honestly and uh, we, can, we can work through things. And so that really does require bravery and it requires that leaders provide protection. So one of the things that, that we talk about with stage four challenger safety is that the social exchange is really interesting. It's fascinating. The social exchange is that it's what I call air cover for candor. If you want candor from me as a member of the team, then I need air cover from you to protect me in delivering that candor. So it's air cover for candor. That's the social exchange. If you do not provide that air cover, if you push the fear button as a leader, if it's not a safe environment, and then you come to me and you say, Tim, I, I really need your honest feedback on this issue. <laughs> You're not going to get it. That's a disingenuous request, right? Who you, you can't expect people to give you candor unless the air cover is there. So that's, that's the social exchange. Well, we have all had that happen. Where somebody yeah, says, "We have, yeah." Tell me what you really think, or uh, you know, and you're like, "Oh my God, do I tell them what I really think, or do I say something really nice?" You know, it, it creates that type of awkwardness. So, Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Again, your book, "The Four Stages of Psychological Safety: Defining the Path to Inclusion and Innovation." We could probably keep talking for hours. We have only touched on a small portion of the work that you have accomplished and the perspectives that you're sharing on creating a safer workplace, safer teams. And if folks want to talk with you more or learn more about the company that you operate, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Reach out uh, LinkedIn, Timothy R. Clark. Our website is leaderfactor.com. Happy to hear from, from anyone. Terrific. Well, thanks again, Tim, for your time today. It was great speaking with you. It's my pleasure, Ed. Thanks very much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.